Chris Herring, back at ESPN. It's been three long years where you've been away from the mothership. Welcome back. I really appreciate you, David. It's good to be with you. You know, I'm glad to have you back talking about the NBA. We're going to talk about John Morant, and there's a whole lot to discuss. But did you see him dunk on Wimby? Like, can we just talk about that? John, again, I mean, if, if we had had to talk about this at any any point, guess which player was going to be the first one or one of the first ones to try to just topple Wimby. And, mm-hmm. and Ja would have been probably the first, second, at, at worst, what, third? So it's not surprising. I mean, he's one of the few guys that has the audacity to even go at it. Ja Morant, superstar guard for the Memphis Grizzlies. How would you sum up his place in the league right now? I mean, this is easily a a top 15 player. The sort of player that in a return game from a 25-game suspension can hit a game winner despite not having really been out there. Show-stopping performance by John Morant. It's just a a, a terrifying guy to, to be up against considering that he's not afraid of anything. His name is in this conversation of one of the faces of the league and one of the faces that people would like to see, you know, be the face of the league. If only we could kind of talk about him for just this reason or just this main reason. But of course, with Morant, we can't just talk about his on-court star power because late last month he returned from a long suspension, a result of repeated gun-related incidents. Now his every move is being watched very closely. And in that sense... We're still trying to get our heads around what exactly we want to see out of him. Yeah, and I think that it's probably a difficult question for a lot of people to to sum up because I'm sure different people want different things from him. Mm. People want him to be a choir boy. I'm sure there are a lot of people that would want that. <laughs> a lot of people want him to be his authentic self and don't even necessarily see what he's done wrong to this point. I think what would be ideal is for him to be as much of his authentic self while still kind of being within the bounds of what is acceptable to the league and where is that middle ground uh, so that you don't feel like he's just being kind of a fake choir boy, so to speak, mm-hmm. but also that he's kind of allowed to be his authentic self. And I, I think that that's what we're all kind of watching and waiting to see. After multiple incidents and accusations involving firearms, John Morant has become the most scrutinized player in the NBA. And though his recent return to the court has been electrifying, his repeated suspensions have many wondering if he can fully reclaim his place as a megastar. So today, ESPN's newly minted senior NBA writer Chris Herring is here to help us explore if the new expectations on Ja are fair and what he actually needs to change. I'm David Dennis Jr., It's Friday, January 5th. This is ESPN Daily. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value, Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. 
and you, like me, are on the go a lot. Taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. All right, Chris. John Moran faces the Lakers tonight for the first time since Los Angeles eliminated the Grizzlies in the first round last April. That turned out to be his last game for nearly eight months, thanks to a 25-game suspension handed down after a second incident of him brandishing a firearm on Instagram. This will be his eighth game back. Recap for us just how his return has gone so far. Well, I, I don't know if you've ever seen really just how much a team needed somebody back as we did when Ja came back in that first game. I think they had lost five straight games before he was uh, back with the team. What were they, six and, and 19 at the time that he came back? Mm. He came back just dominant, really. comes back and, and has a massive second half in a game against a really good Pelicans team that has one of the best defenders in the league and, and Herb Jones and Ja frankly kind of dominates Herb Jones in a way that I don't know that we've really seen anybody do with him. Pelicans finish the quarter 3 for 21 as Ja Morant with the left hand a little scoop. I was sitting on the couch just kind of spellbound by watching him back and how it really looked like he hadn't missed a beat. And even my fiance, who doesn't watch sports really at all, kind of took an interest in this. No timeouts left. Into the backcourt it goes. Moran's going to get ahead of Steve for a chance to win it in his return. We're just both watching the, the closing seconds tick down and Morant just kind of spacing the court out and coming up with just a beautiful game winner. And it's just like, wow, this guy, it feels like he never left. That's a rare sort of talent that can go out and do that. I mean, the guy left the league for a while, came back and hits a game winner on a stage where, you know, everybody's watching him to do that in that moment on the road. Uh, it, it, it reminded you of exactly who the guy is. I've been playing work in, man. I ain't played a game in eight months. Had a lot of time, you know, learn myself. A lot of hard days, you know, where I went through it. But, you know, basketball is, you know, my life, what I love, therapeutic for me. And I'm just, you know, excited to be back. After that first game, we saw him lead the Grizzlies to a four-game winning streak. They now have more wins since Ja returned than the Pistons have had all season. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's a, a trophy for that or anything, but they've come down to earth a bit since then. We'll talk more about the on-court specifics a little bit later, but what's your quick review of what's working so much better now that Ja's back in the lineup? They've gone from being, in my opinion, kind of a sub, not even subpar, but like a below NBA level mm -hmm. offense to being an NBA-level offense again. Uh, they were last in the league offensively before his return. They've been something like 18th, 19th, 20th 
since he's gotten back. Not good, right? but still, at least NBA level, it gives him a chance to win games. And I think aside from his own scoring, aside from his own explosiveness and getting into the paint more, he just opens up things for other people. But there's been at least one bump in the road already. Explain what happened the fourth game back when the Grizzlies traveled back to New Orleans for another matchup with the Pelicans. Yeah, so I mean, this gets back to part of what we were talking about before. How does he be his authentic self while doing so in a way that still kind of confines itself to what the league would expect of him, particularly after the suspension? Um, He had a celebration at, at a point in that game where it could at least be perceived that he was kind of making, motioning, shooting his hands kind of in a like a gun sort of way, which, you know, is that what he was doing definitively? A lot of people will tell you that is a horrible sort of thing to do. A lot of other people will tell you, okay, it's an on-court celebration. I remember covering the Knicks and Carmelo Anthony when they did a three to the dome celebration that, you know, to a lot of people looked like it was kind of a, a gun being pointed at a head when the players themselves would tell you we were celebrating a three-point shot. It was nothing more than that. You can make it more than that, but it's silly. And quite frankly, there are a lot of players and a lot of athletes that have always celebrated things that way with regards to it's basketball. You're talking about shooting. It's a different sort of shooting, but it's still shooting. And so to what extent is that a problem? I don't know that I'm the person to answer that question, but I know that there are people that are going to say he hasn't learned a damn thing. And and that's kind of the crux of this whole question argument right now. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned that dance. And, and as you know, like the, the next day, uh, it sort of came out that the dance that he was doing was this popular Baton Rouge dance, this Rocky Hips dance that, you know, they're in, they're playing New Orleans. <laughs> they're in New Orleans. New Orleans passed up uh, John Morant in the draft. They're doing this popular Louisiana style dance that a lot of players have been doing across different leagues, a popular sort of TikTok dance. Uh, and John Moran did sort of tweet out that he was doing the Rocky Hibbs dance, right? But I, but I do think, as you mentioned, that it is important to contextualize all this with Morant's relationship with the guns and why it's so fraught, right? Can you give us an account of the gun-related incidents that led to the suspensions that he's had and why there's such a microscope on him doing something like this? Well, of course. I mean, and again, I think here's the main problem. There have been multiple incidents that we've had now with him as it relates to this. Let me make sure I even have them all. There was the incident that he's currently having to deal with a lawsuit for involving the 17-year-old basketball player that was over at his place. He's playing a a game with, a a one-on-one game with. Ja alleges that there was a check ball kind of thrown aggressively at his face. And, you know, that essentially there was a physical altercation that took place. Ja acknowledges that he he hit the 17-year-old. Uh, the 17-year-old then said that after things got physical, that Ja flashed or at least showed that he had a gun, essentially as a way of threatening him. So there is that. There is the question about the game that the Grizzlies played last year against the Pacers, mm-hmm. where the Pacers traveling party said that there was a little bit of an altercation during the game where after that game happens that as the Pacers are leaving uh, the arena that they saw a red laser trained on their car and they're asking questions about whether or not that was Ja in the car or whether there were other people in the car with Ja or whatever else and that they were saying that that seemed to be threatening as well. There are the Instagram incidents that we've talked about now. The one with Ja being in Denver 
at an after-hours club, a strip club. When March Morant was suspended for eight games after he was seen holding a gun inside a nightclub on Instagram Live. Then there is the, the incident, obviously, that happened after the Grizzlies were eliminated from the playoffs, after he'd already been suspended for the incident in Denver. This Grizzly star John Morant has been suspended for a second time after once again appearing to flash a gun on social media. The video circulated on Saturday night. It shows Morant with what appears to be a handgun while he's riding in a friend's car. It's just kind of thing after thing after thing. And that's where the question of, has he actually learned anything from this comes from? Is that you have to be, at least in mindset-wise, be more safe about the way you're kind of articulating yourself and the way that you're gesturing in light of the suspension that you're just coming off of. So we have now the full context of the gun situation. And, you know, this happened during a time when he's supposed to be, quote unquote, rehabilitating his image. Uh, So what does that rehabilitation look like so far since he's been back? And, you know, what is he doing to stay on the right side of the league here? Well, I mean, he's needed to get counseling, Mm. you know, and I think that even last week or a week or two ago, I was in the league office talking with Joe Dumars not only about job, but also about Draymond Green. And that is part of what Joe Dumars keeps saying, is that it's really easy, particularly after there have been repeated instances of problematic behavior, it gets really easy to just say, what's the punishment? Mm. There is supposed to be a rehabilitating aspect of this, though, of how do we make sure that we don't continue to have this problem? How do we make sure that the person comes back a better person? And Joe Dumars, you know, Take it for face value. Take it for more than what he's saying, whatever. He does seem to actually care on some level about these guys rehabilitating. So I know the counseling is part of it. You're not exactly sure what else is happening behind the scenes, but you would hope that there is something meaningful happening behind the scenes. You would hope that it has been a a good opportunity to kind of reevaluate whether it is who Ja has around him who is mentoring him. Obviously, the Grizzlies made a point to bring in Marcus Smart, who has never been shy about kind of holding his teammates accountable. Uh, They also brought in Derrick Rose, Mm -hmm. who is someone who had some of the same sorts of concerns around him and also played college ball in Memphis. And so both of those players said that they did not view themselves as babysitters. They're very much competitive, one being a former MVP, another being a former Defensive Player of the Year. But, you know, you would hope that all these things that are put in place are helpful on some level. Only Ja and the Grizzlies themselves can really speak to exactly how helpful it is. But you would hope that all those things have a, a role in, in kind of helping the situation. All of this seems to be about this idea of a new Ja Morant, that Ja Morant's supposed to come out of this 25-game suspension as a new person. But I think that sort of begs the question as to what exactly he needs to be rehabilitated from, which I think, uh, you know, may not be the most clear thing we're getting from the league. Like, is this about how he's handling guns overall? Or is this just simply about him posting them on social media? Like, what is the central conflict or issue that you feel that the league sees that John Moran is doing? And did they exactly feel need to be fixed? I think it's a great question. And I, I, I honestly... I think part of the most difficult thing for me and other people that cover the league and and probably for fans too is that there probably could be more articulation of exactly what this rehab looks like mm-hmm. for him, for Draymond. And again, I, I totally get that those are two completely separate things, 
two completely separate histories for those players in terms of why they're serving their suspensions. But it, I mean, let's be honest here. There was a, a debate had. I don't think a whole lot of people were pushing this issue, but a lot were. Um, we're saying basically like what Ja was doing was not illegal. Mm-hmm. At least not, you know, I know there were questions about the Denver thing and well, if it was loaded or, or you know, this and if he carried it into an airport or if he had it on a team plane, but unless those things were substantiated, there wasn't necessarily illegality to this. Now there's a difference between illegal and the league standards, mm. particularly to, you know, the privilege of playing in the league, making as much money as jaw does all the endorsements that he has, some of which have been pulled at times. So I, I get that, but I think the larger question kind of becomes this question of the country and the nation and the way that our nation views guns and how loosely, you know, these things are kind of tied into so many parts of our society. The fact that politicians very regularly pose with guns, you know, like right. with Christmas cards and stuff like that to each his own, but it's not something that I do. But if that is what a lot of people are doing, and frankly, there's not really a rush to change gun laws from a lot of people in power in this country, why is it a problem? That That's going to be the way a lot of people view it. So because of all that, I do think the league has said, essentially to Ja, we can't have this. But it's it's confusing to some people that Basically, they're saying, like, as long as he's not hurting anybody and as long as he's not a risk to anybody, why is he being made an example of? Again, it's 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 not illegal what he's doing. It's just not savvy from where the league sits, and it's not a problem that the league wants to have to worry about, certainly not repeatedly. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's, I mean, I think that also speaks to a central sort of dichotomy here is this question of, is this about, you know, the image of the league or is this about actually John Morant and the betterment of him as a human being? Because the league talks about the therapies and they talk about the rehabilitation, they talk about all that stuff. And I think some of the pushback is, well, are is this about John Morant and him being safe with guns or is this about John Morant waving guns and making it look bad for advertisers in the league? And where do those two points meet? Sure. I mean, I, I will say this. I think that it, it could very easily be both. As long as Jaws a superstar in this league, you're going to be worried about his safety too. And it would be a nightmare scenario if Jaw were to ever get hurt as a result of any of this stuff, or if Jaw were to hurt someone or someone in his crew were to hurt someone. And so I think it's it's obviously the league wanting to be in damage control and wanting to make sure that nothing happens you know, I think they can also want him to be safe too. But, but yeah, I, I would obviously understand if there are people that have the opinion that the league is just out protecting itself. Sure, of course. It, it's a billion-dollar league. Of course they're going to do that. But, Ja, I mean, I, I, I do think that there's rightfully so concern just about him. He's a young kid. He's acknowledged a couple times that he does need help just in terms of trying to control the highs and lows that he feels. Are there other resources like books or classes aside from, you know, people that you were learning from? Uh, Therapy. Learning from, you know, me, obviously. I feel like I learned some stuff about myself that, you know, I didn't. 
um, during that, you know, process. Um, very eye-opening. Um, you know, how I go about my days, how, you know, I carry myself. Um, you know, just being grateful and thankful, you know, that I'm, you know, still here and in, in the position that I'm in. Life circumstances changing, even in a good way, with all the money that he's earning, all the fame that he has, it's probably not that easy to handle. Uh, doesn't mean that you handle it by, you know, going on Instagram Live with guns. But I, I imagine that there are things that in his private life that a lot of us can't resonate with because we have no clue what that's like it, to, it all to happen within the same three or four years. Basketball is something I've been doing, you know, pretty much my whole life. Something that's, you know, therapeutic, you know, for me. Um, obviously, you know, taking that away, it, it makes it tougher. But uh, like I said, I had, you know, the right people around me from my family to the organization uh, and to my other partners that, you know, helped me along this process. Coming up, the road ahead for Ja and the Grizzlies. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Chris. Let's bring things back to more tangible, X of the nose territory. Morant has reestablished himself into the lineup. There have been some wins, some losses, you know, mostly wins. This is a team that's looked really bad without him. They were 6-19 and 19 before he returned. Last ranked offense in the league. But how specifically is this team different when he's in the lineup? I mean, it's just a more explosive group. I mean, they were kind of a headless horseman, so to speak, without him. They they have good players, but not anybody that really stirs the drink fully. Mm -hmm. Desmond Bain is a fantastic player. I think he had a career-high performance with Ja out of the lineup for those first 25 games. Nearly had a 50-point game. Jaron Jackson Jr. won Defensive Player of the Year. That has very little to do with John Morant, obviously. But the two of them, I don't think either guy would really lead you to like a playoff series win on their own. Job is the kind of player that I think has the capability of doing that. So having him back in the mix, their offense all of a sudden looks a lot more sensible. It makes a lot more sense. I remember writing a story a year or two ago 
that Ja had the most Kobe assists in the league. And, mm-hmm. if, you know, some people know what that is. Just even Ja's misses create offense for them because he attracts so much defensive attention that within a second or two of his misses, two and three guys would hover jaw. And then when he misses a floater, someone else is there to put it back because they're not able to block out effectively. So his bad offense creates offense for them. I think they're averaging 10 more points in the paint per game than they were before. They're at least an NBA caliber offense. Whereas Without him, they really hadn't been. And I think a couple additional pieces on this team, in particular Marcus Smart, will make a lot more sense when he's kind of a secondary ball handler, the way that he was able to serve in Boston, Mm -hmm. instead of asking him to kind of do everything for your offense and setting guys up. He's not the same sort of player that Ja is. Ja's just really explosive, as we saw with that dunk on Wimbenyama, obviously. So the Western Conference, as usual, is loaded with high-quality teams. What is the path for contention for the Grizzlies? I mean, do you actually see a scenario where this team can get back in the playoff hunt? I mean, I I do. I don't think that they're perfect. I think that they're really missing Steven Adams. They're really missing Brandon Clark. Uh, But, I mean, now that you've given them back their star player, if he's healthy and, you know, there's no reason that he's coming off the court and you're able to keep Jackson and, and Bain healthy, I do think that there's a shot. You know, there's still a few games out, but they're, as we've seen with the number of teams in the West, injuries are a big concern for the other clubs too, whether it is Golden State, uh, which has obviously also had problems with suspensions with Draymond. The Lakers have obviously been an interesting team so far this year, but they've got, you know, LeBron, who is obviously a lot older. They've got Anthony Davis, who's had injury problems before. And, you know, anything could happen. It's, it's just a team that I think has enough experience Ja gives them a chance to win every night, which is more than what you could say when he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's completely feasible that they can make the back end of the Western Conference playoffs. And then if that's the case, anything can happen. All right, well, clearly the Grizzlies are going to need Ja Morant every step of the way if they are going to make that playoff push. And for the time being, it is absolutely refreshing that right now, you know, we're talking more and more about things like him dunking on <laughs> on Wimbenyama and doing all the stuff in the court. And hopefully that's something that, you know, is leading the discussion going forward. Absolutely. If we're able to look back at this a year from now, you know, two years from now, three years from now, and it's that far in the rearview mirror, the last time we talked about him being punished for anything or suspension, I, I think we can look at that as you know having been a turning point, and and hopefully just being able to talk about him as a basketball player moving forward. I, you know, and that this isn't something that defines him, and it's not a defining thing for him. And I think that that would be great. I honestly feel like you know I can't go away from being Ja. Um, I feel like that's the most important thing, you know, not trying to lose myself or, you know, be somebody that I'm not or, you know, act totally different. But the change would be, you know, my decision making and, you know, how I go about my daily life of being, you know, a NBA player, you know, a father, a role model, a brother, a son. Um, and just, you know, focusing in on that, you know, being, you know, the best job I can be. All right, Chris, we'll see how Ja and the Grizzlies perform for the national audience tonight from Los Angeles. 
Thank you so much. It was dope having a conversation with you, my man. Man, it's such a pleasure to be with you. I really appreciate talking with you, man. I'm David Dennis Jr. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Bruce Baldwin, Ashley Brown, Bradford Craig, Andrew Hahn, Alexander Hyacinth, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbert, and Phoebe Untermann. Special thanks to Jackson Agello. We'll talk to you Monday. <laughs>